Yes, sir. I said, yes, sir. What's the deal, everybody? And welcome to episode 20 of the Leisure Time Podcast with your boy iMac. You already know the deal. This episode is sponsored by Jersey House Canada and OG's World. Check out our sponsors, man. They super dope. This is a super special episode. Our first on-camera episode with Seattle Seahawk legend KJ Wright as he takes us through his football journey and much more. If you want to catch the on-camera interview, go to YouTube.com, the Leisure Time Podcast LLC YouTube page right there. Enough talking. We're going to get straight to it now. The KJ interview. Let's get it. What's good, big dog? Been not much, not much, man. Just, just super happy about this episode, man. This is the first, you know, video record. I got a big time yeah. guest as yourself on, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it, bro. I can't lie. Yeah, man. I see you've been doing your thing, man. I'm, I'm glad to be on. Man, bro, appreciate that. Appreciate it. So before we even get started, man, how's everything going, bro? How's the fam? You know, I mean, crazy times. Um, I know you were just in Mississippi, but how's everything going? Yeah. Man, it's off-season life now, man. So, yeah, did a little traveling back to Mississippi. Actually headed to uh, Cabo tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. Get, get, out this, get out this freezing cold weather here in Seattle and uh, get some sunshine in my life. So, Amen yeah, to man. Amen to that. Is just that relaxing, usually, man. Is that usually kind of your routine after a long, gruesome season? Just kind of like, you know, relax, go back home to Mississippi, go out of the yeah. country for a little bit? Yeah, man. After the season, I do absolutely nothing. I don't... I don't be working out. I'd be going to bed late, playing video <laughs> games. I'd be unwinding and, uh, you know, try to try to get a vacation here, here and there. You know, with the, before COVID, you know, I would be all over the place. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm limiting my traveling. I'm living my traveling this off season and uh, keeping it a little bit low key. Exactly. As you should, bro. You know, um, yeah. I think it's starting to I, I know this probably the bad mindset to have, but I I think it's starting to die down a little bit, but still, you want to be safe. I know you still want to be safe. You know, you see people, people getting a little lax with their masks. You know, yeah. people, they're starting to go out a little more, having a little more gatherings. So things are slowly starting to get back to normal. And, um, but you know, we got, we need a little more of these vaccines to come out before things get all the way normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. speaking of these, you know, COVID vaccines. So this season was an unusual season, bro. Let's just call mm-hmm. it how it is. No OTAs. Yep. Um, you know, no. you didn't have really that chance to, you know, build that bond as a team, you know, in the spring, no. in the summer. So how was it, man? Like what made it super difficult, you know, with the testing restrictions, lack of OTAs? What made it yeah. the most difficult this season? I mean, the most difficult, I, I say, was bonding and connecting with the guys. Yeah. Because, you know, each, you know, as, as a football team, you want to have chemistry with your guys. You want to get to know guys, you know, about their families and you know, why they do what they do. And we didn't have that opportunity um, this offseason. We were strictly straight Zoom meetings, and mm-hmm. I met a lot of my teammates on a computer. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that was that was a challenge. Yeah. So we had, we had to deal with that. But with that being said, it has some pros to it because – we didn't have to go in the building. We didn't have to do all that practicing. And for a veteran like myself, you know, I was not <laughs> complaining about. I was not complaining about doing practices that, that don't count. So, I don't blame you. I don't blame I, you. I, I was. I was with it. And so, bro, I didn't want to bring up the Super Bowl because I know. I know the kind of competitor you are. I know that you wish you was playing in, and you played in a couple already. But 
Let me get your thoughts on that Tampa Bay defense, because honestly, bro, I, I feel like I haven't really seen a dominant performance like that since y'all played the Broncos. So tell me about mm -hmm. that. And then also, if you can, tell me about your thoughts on Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl, another Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, man, that defense was the real deal. They weren't quite, quite as good as we were, but they were real. With those two linebackers, Levante David and um, Devin White, I've been watching those guys all season. They've just been consistently balling. And um, with uh, the edge rushers, JPP and Shaquille Bear coming up the edge, just I did not think that they would make Kansas City look that average. I'm like, okay, Kansas City may score like 17, you know, them dudes. I don't think, I don't think Kansas City scored a touchdown, did they? I know they didn't, bro. All field yeah. goals. All field goals. So that was super impressive, man. And yeah. with Brady as – you know, he beat me in the Super Bowl, and I'm like, I like, my whole Brady don't win. But when he went to the Bucks, <laughs> when he went to the Bucks, I was like, if I can't even, I can't even be mad at him if he wins again, yeah. because that just shows just how dominant this dude is, and you know what he brings to the table, and a lot of people saying that his success was because of Bill Belichick and and all that. You know, this dude is a real deal. Yeah. So for him to go to a new team during COVID to win Super Bowl, you know, just solidifies his greatness. Absolutely, absolutely, KJ. And honestly, I don't think it was quite because you got to realize that Broncos offense that y'all played against that was a record-setting, you know, offense. I believe that Peyton threw fifty-five yeah. touchdowns that season. So, I, yeah. I'm not gonna say that it was quite dominant as y'all, but I will say this: it was just it was impressive how that team started clicking when they did. Though you get what I'm saying, like the last yeah. I want to say from like you know mid November or December. To the Super Bowl, they kind of found that groove, and I think that's to attest to Tom Brady having a good leader, yeah. having somebody that you know doesn't get too high in the season, doesn't get too low, kind of stay the course. And um, it was it was refreshing to watch. Man, I'm a defensive guy, and I just mm -hmm. love watching good defense. You know, so a lot of people are saying it was boring. I don't think it was too boring. I love seeing you know linebackers yeah. and things like that. So, okay, now, bro, it's time for your story, man. We're gonna take it back now to a young KJ growing up <laughs> in Mississippi. Yeah. How was it growing up in Mississippi, and when did you fall in love with the game, bro? Man, Miss, Mississippi is all I know, man. Mississippi was home, man. It's, it's country life, real family-oriented. You know, every, in the town that I grew up in, everybody knows everybody. And so, man, it was just a, a, the perfect spot for me. And I loved football from, you know, my dad had um, cowboy stuff hung up in my room. So it was prime time. Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, Troy Yakin. We had all those dudes just hung up in my wall. So I was a, that's all I knew growing up was Cowboys football and just playing it in my, in my grandma house, playing in the neighborhood. You know, kids don't play in the neighborhoods no more. I don't even I see it like I used to. But, man, just, just playing tackle football in the backyard, man, that was life to me. Yeah, you know, playing at recess, playing just playing ball, man. I, I loved it ever since I could remember. And I've uh, been doing it ever since, man, and, and pretty good at it. That's hey man, let me tell you something. Like I can tell because you know, the past like three, four, or five all season, I got to know you through FSP. Shout out my boy Tracy Ford, Force Sports yeah. Performance. If you want to get that work built, you go get it. But um mm -hmm. it's always like like a kid, you're I'm not saying you're a kid, you're a grown-ass man, yeah. kid's wife, <laughs> but you have like that kind of kid kind of feeling when you're working out, when you're around ball, like yeah. that energy is still young to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
football football keeps you young, man. It's it's yeah. a it's really a kid's game. Like yeah. but but now you get paid a lot of money to do it. <laughs> but it's just bro, it's just so fun to just go against another person, yeah. to compete against somebody, to have you know, I'm taking my squad, we're gonna go go against your squad and see who the best. And bro, that's that's what it's all about. Absolutely. And so man, I'm I'm doing this thing, still loving it, still, you know, enjoying it. And so I'm gonna play it, you know, for as long as I can. Man, bro, and that's gonna be some more and more and more years. So KJ, taking away from the field a little bit, um, because all right, bro, you know I'm from LA. So mm-hmm. growing up in LA, I faced my own kind of forms of racism, right? Through, you know, popos, through, you know, yeah. you know, just different kind of racism. When I when I think Mississippi, bro, I think the heart of you know slavery, the you know Jim Crow. You think you you instantly kind of think that when it comes to Mississippi. So yeah. my question is, did you have to face any of that racism growing up? And if you did, did a certain moment stick out to where you like kind of opened your eyes, like, dang, racism really is real? Yeah, man, Mississippi. I, you know, I love my state, but Mississippi is really, really behind. Yeah, we're we're very behind. I, I I remember growing up, you know, the Confederate flag. We all know what that stands for. Stands for exactly. hate, white supremacy, mm-hmm. and bro, like people would fly that flag around on the back of their truck, like it was nothing. Wow. And 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 it's just like it's just, it sets fear in you, like oh, I can't go near this person because I don't know how they feel about black people. Yeah. And um, you know, bro, we still have segregated proms down there to this to this, you know, about five years ago. The the school, I think it's like in the middle of Mississippi, it was a tradition. Black people go to one prom, white people go to another prom, and they kept that tradition going. And um just stuff like that, man. Just the statues that they have still up there. So, you know, they, they stole they slowly starting to figure it out. You know, they got rid of the Confederate flag and removed some statues, but the the mentality that grandparents is still then their kids and kids kids you know it's still it's still messed up man it's and it's man I, i'm so glad that you shared that bro because like we're let's not sugarcoat it we're in a we're on a like a kind of thin ice in our country right now you know um mind you black people we are able to still you know go to any college we want we're still able to go to any restaurant all those things but it kind of feels especially when our with the last president that was in office that it was a thin ice like yeah. you know and it was about to break, you know, and then yeah. like it did break. No, it did, it break. did break. You know, the January 6th happened. When January 6th yeah. happened, I couldn't believe it. But I'm just hoping, bro, that you know, Mississippi, Mississippi, states like Mississippi, states like Georgia, states like you know, South Carolina, honestly, the SEC country kind mm-hmm. of develop, you know, more of a of a heart towards black people, you know, like yeah. sympathy. Um, we're not asking for handouts. But we're asking for y'all to understand what the you know what the fuck we're going through in a sense, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so easy as somebody that's privileged to turn the other cheek when something bad happens mm-hmm. to a minority. But instead of turning that other cheek, look into that. See what you can do to help. See if you can talk to your kids, you know, your 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 parents that probably has that certain view and try to change that narrative, bro. Because um. I know we could talk all day about this, yeah. but man, it's just it's just it's just it's trying, bro, and it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I'm not gonna lie to you. you bro, um, during this, during this, you know, during 2020, when we was going through that whole year, Black Lives Matter, um, all the injustice we were facing. I didn't quite understand systemic racism, and so, bro, I read this book. This is book that I think everybody should read. It's called White Rage. Or white rage. White rage. 
And the book explains systemic racism that black people have faced since we came in this country. And, you know, it started with slavery, then it went to Jim Crow, and then it went to like the red redlining and the educational systems. And bro, just think about it, like there were governors that were racist. And so if you're a racist person in politics, you're going to create, you know, you're going to put in laws that help white people and that further oppress black people. And so, man, that's that's where it got to start, man. It got to start with these laws that put in place. It got to start with educating black people. It got to start with educating white people of what we're up against. And so you know what fight to fight. Yeah. And I agree with you, bro. And uh, like I said, we could honestly talk hours about this, man. And I don't want to, you know, dive too deep in it, which, you know, it's not a bad thing to dive into, but, you know, we just got to change, bro. And I'm definitely going to check out that book, White Rage. As KJ said, man, we're going to everybody Google that. Check it out, White Rage, man. I'm definitely going to look into that. And now it's time for the first mix of the day. Hey, yo, Dallas, drop that thing, boy. The Leisure Time. Leisure Time Podcast. What I say, look, I can never let a broke bitch chase me. Daddy with no babies, I get bands, it ain't make me. Men in the street, shit crazy. Ben's coupe ain't no breaking. I wear G Stars Mason, I'm too real, ain't no faking me. Big Ben King getting Benji's while they hating me. I'm trying to run my city in LA just like the Lakers. Be the West, my blessing. Some people finna pay to see your nigga roll. Model playing bitches, I don't play for keeps. 100 in the whip, Sport Plus got her facing me. My mind going crazy, I be thinking Johnny chasing me. Fuck being fake, being real, the only way to be. I'm taking every risk for my team, I gotta make the cream. You can do whatever. In your dreams, look how they make the same top three, but I ain't three. I'm feeling like Kareem, a black mamba on the scene. Rest in peace to Kobe Bean. Just left sacks with some racks and some expensive jeans. Fuck the tag and the tax, my nigga, what you mean? Do it with no effort, niggas pay for rapper lessons. Fuck a label in the schedule, I just want a prezi bezel. Sign myself, fuck your help, bitch, I'm on another level. Keep a stick, rock and roll like I play with heavy metal. Every day I talk to God, but make money with the devil. I ain't fucking with no ops, or you fucking tell tellers. From the tray, I'm the one, Reggie Miller. Leave a nigga moonwalk and call him Philly. Bad bitch, all natural, ain't no filler. She just said she got a wax with a cat. I'm finna kill it, ayy. Real nigga ain't no act, so she feel it. Vibe rare, she ain't fucking with no basic. Gang shit, make a nigga do the matrix. Boss nigga lifestyle, you might not make it, ayy. I can never let a broke bitch chase me. Daddy with no babies, I get bands that ain't make me. Man, this street shit crazy. Ben's coupe ain't no breaking. I wear G Stars Mason, I'm too real, ain't no faking me. Big Ben King getting Benji's why they hate me. I'm trying to run my city in LA just like the Lakers. Be the West, my blessing. Some people finna pay to see. Real nigga ain't no faking me. Hey. Famous chill, bird dance.
in a row, better go through it, your road, niggas. Hold your arm like they're refusing to drown. Got some niggas on go, they be refusing to smile. Can you call me out of line when you follow the trend? They told you ain't for the sky, hoping your glicky jam. Trying to advise me, you don't believe these lies yourself. Know how to blind lead the blind, cause a blind go step. You been a hell and bad every day in the hood. I get anxiety knowing that you would change if you could. And I ain't hard to find every day in the hood. I wish you fall in line when niggas saying they would. Glicky in that fence, green dot in that spin. And I'm collecting every call when they check in. Anxiety rubbing me wrong, we might check him. It's 17 up in the power, watch how I stretch him. Yes, sir. First track, No Faking Me by my brother, K. Johns the General, off that One Man Army 2. Go cop that on all platforms. Second track by my dog, Famous Chill, called Bird Dance. Never get the bird, man. Ha <laughs> ha. That's that shit right there, man. Dollars always blessing us with some fire, man. Appreciate you, Dollars. Let's get back to the KJ interview. <laughs> KJ, we taking it to Olive Branch, not Olive Garden, goddamn. Olive Branch High School <laughs> in Mississippi. It's reattended for four years, you know, dominated your four years there, ended up being a top 20 prospect in the state of Mississippi. How was the ball in Mississippi, bro? Because, you know, when you yeah. think high school ball, you know, obviously people think Cali, Florida, um, yeah. Texas. But how was the ball in Mississippi? Man, I will put my high school team up against anybody in the country. <laughs> I don't care who you are, where you're from. My school has some dogs. And, dogs? Um, we, we have some dogs. <laughs> and, um, man, it was fun. Mississippi, that's that's where it, bro. Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, Brett Favre. Come on now. The list goes on and on yeah. for the legends from the state. And so that's, that's all we know. It's just like Texas ball, you know, just not as big as the state of Texas, but Come come Friday, the whole city is at our games. Man, I feel like some of the, you know, if you want to get them positive, the nasty players, and I ain't talking nasty as in like nasty. I'm talking about yeah. that yeah. kind of nasty players. Take your butt to Mississippi. Take your butt yeah. to um, South Carolina. <laughs> You're going to find them nasty D linemen, the nasty linebackers, the nasty old linemen that gets the freaking job done. For real, for real, bro. You, bro, it's, with all due respect, you know, to the ballplayers across the country, it's it's a different breed in the South, man. It's it's just yeah. different. Like, I've, I've been to high school games up here in Seattle, <laughs> you know. It's it's cool, but it's 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 a different mentality down there. Like, this but, KJ, to, 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 to – to kind of defend the whole the state of high school ball now, though, when you were growing up and playing high school ball, I felt like it was more physical. Let's be honest. It was more mm -hmm. physical back in your, when, like, when you were growing up, when I was growing up, we still did hidden drills probably twice a week. You know, we <laughs> yeah. did bull in the ring, stuff like that, you know? And yeah. like, I think it was kind of a change when that whole, you know, concussion started getting bigger, kids, yeah. moms, parents is dropping them out of football. It kind of started yeah. getting skinnier, smaller. And mm -hmm. that's kind of now, if you look at the NFL, you see 210, 215, 220-pound linebackers. Yep. You see 300-pound yep. old linemen, which was kind of crazy when we was growing up. What's your thoughts on that? I, I No, I agree. And then you add this element to where these high school kids, I don't remember guys getting like, you know, ESPN top 
50 in middle school and in ninth grade. Like, bro, these kids are going to these colleges and putting on jerseys and hell, putting on full uniforms. Like, that automatically creates like a mindset of entitlement and softness, in my opinion. And so the times have definitely changed, even the concussion stuff, you know, which I which I do love and appreciate that they, you know, got woken up to that. Mm -hmm. So they definitely need to just reel back on the helmet to helmet hidden and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, you know, we yeah, don't bro, know but about it, that. Yeah, bro, but it's it's a way you can play football physical without helmets and helmets. Like, I oh, just use your shoulder. Football. Just use your shoulder. Man, I've just seen for the past 10 years, and I ain't trying to toot you and Bobby Horn, but for the past 10 years, I've seen y'all lay the wood on people. Yeah. And, bro. you know, and it's still physical football. So I don't think that you have to take the physicality out. Just take the helmet out. You know? Yeah, bro. But, but what happens, though, like, if you watch, like, with how reps just throw these flags, the game happens so fast. Like, you can't even see if a guy's going helmet to helmet. You can see a fool getting blasted, like the, <laughs> the famous Cam Chancellor hit. Oh Cleanest hit in the in the world, but the game happens so fast. They're just throwing flags on guys and th- tossing guys out the game. And so, oh my. I, 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 start, honestly, yeah. That whole, that whole, we'll get into it a little bit later, but that whole defense when your early years in Seattle, that defense is a throwback. Let's be honest. It's a throwback defense. Y'all can literally play in any era against yeah. any quarterback, any team, and be successful because y'all <laughs> have that physicality mindset, that that dog mindset. But at the same time, y'all so versatile. Like, yeah, that's why I always call you the original hybrid, bro. Because you was the first guy at your size I saw manned up with tight ends the whole game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're taking, you're taking Vernon Davis. Rob Gronkowski, they're running 15-yard, 20-yard corner routes, and you're right there with them. And, like, that's why mm-hmm. I call you the OG original hybrid because, like, you started that trend. Because I, when I was with the Falcons for my short time, the reason why they drafted Devondre Campbell, they wanted Devondre <laughs> Campbell to be like you. So that's what they yeah. even said. They said that Deion Jones yeah. will be our Bobby and Devondre, you won't be our KJ. You won't be the one manned up with tight ends in these zones, um, you know, doing all that stuff that y'all be doing at that will kind of Sam position and, like, it's, it's, it's dope how you change the game. I don't think you get enough credit for how you kind of change the position, you know, but that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, Even with yeah. – yeah, that's something that I definitely prided myself on was you could put me anywhere on the football field. Like, even this past year, they moved me from Will to Sam. Man, I and, see you know, everywhere this year. And and I dominated, bro. And, it, you know, it's just, you know – that's what I do. That's my my mentality. Is my film study, my body type. Mm-hmm. I can just do whatever. Exactly. And you know, it's funny because when I was doing my research, I seen that in high school you was more of a D lineman. Um, is that correct, bro? They, I had my I had my hand in the dirt. What? I had so, my hand in the right. dirt for. So we fast forward because we could, I could name all your accolades at Mississippi State because you went crazy. Um. So you go to Mississippi State over, you know, you had, of course, Ole Miss, Auburn. You had all the fucking SEC schools, okay? But you went to Mississippi State. Yeah. And you go there, bro. Did they, did they like, when did you make the transition from D-line to backer? Like, did they do it? Did you no. choose to do it? How did that happen? No, but see, here's the thing. Schools were recruiting me for both DN and linebacker. Oh. Um, Mississippi State, South Carolina wanted me to play linebacker. Auburn, um, Mississippi State. I mean, uh, Auburn, um, what's the other school? Um, yeah, they wanted me to play DN. I'm like, yeah. not playing DN. I wanted to be a linebacker standing up. And so that's why I came down to my top two school in Mississippi State, South Carolina. Okay. And, um, yeah, just fell in love with Coach Croom and State of Mississippi. So 
That's why I went there. Man, hey, man. And, like, you was kind of like the first dude, one of the first wave of Mississippi State dudes going into the league making noise pre, you know, because everybody want to say that, you know, Dak Prescott probably the first per drive person to get drafted from Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's what they instantly think of. But, no, it was a dog named KJ Bro. out there, too. That was a big it was game. me. It was me, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. Um, Darius Slay. Okay. Um, who else? Uh, even before me, Booby Dixon. I mean, you might not okay. even remember Booby Dixon. He I was know. running back. What position? What position? Running back. Played at San Francisco. Was a Cold. dog. Dog. Was a dog. Oh, I yeah. Did your research on Booby Dixon? Yeah. All, right. All right, for sure, man. So it's crazy. I'm looking at your stats. Like freshman year, I think you had like seven tackles. And then sophomore year, you had like 68. <laughs> the junior year, you had like 86. And then senior year, you end with 98 tackles, four sacks, and nine. That's what I'm saying, bro. I just don't get this shit. Like, how the hell you get nine pass? Like, as a linebacker, that's that's rare, bro. Getting nine to yeah. pass deflection season, that's rare. So, mm-hmm. I think you made the right move transitioning from behind the linebacker, obviously. Yeah. So, going into that senior year, you went to the senior bowl. You go to the combine. You ended up getting drafted by the Seahawks in the fourth round. Did you know that the Seahawks was going to draft you, or did you kind of think on draft day another team was going to pick you up? How was that whole draft process for you? Draft day. Com- it was a combination of both. If you were to ask me before the draft, who do you think is going to draft you? I would have said the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Because I, when we went to the combine, I just felt the connection with Coach Norton and Pete. Oh, man. And I was like, okay, I got a feeling it may be Seattle. But, bro, during draft day, the draft is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Teams would literally call you. I had the, had the Chicago Bears call me, and they mm-hmm. said, KJ, if you are here in this round, we are taking you. The New Orleans Saints said, KJ, the third round come up. If you're there, we're going to take you. And they would, you would sit there and watch the draft, and they would take another linebacker wow. right there in your face. And it's, it is crazy that they will call you and say, hey, be ready, <laughs> but not take you. And I'm like, man, what is, like, what are y'all doing? And so time went by. I was drafted on the third day. I was sick to my stomach. Man, I honestly, I honestly thought I was about to be third round pick. But I had to wait that whole extra day. And, you know, you know, God bless me. Pick number 99 and, and look back ever since. Man, hey, you know it's crazy, bro? Because, you know. I had a couple of friends tell me about that whole draft experience. And like, I think you start to get the business side super early as soon as you hit yeah. that draft way. Because think about it, when you was getting recruited your senior year, these people offering you them scholarships, they talking to you and those shits is real. Like, you know, Auburn, mm-hmm. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, they talking to you, they showing you that love. It's all concrete though. You know that they offer you that scholarship. But then you get to the draft process, you do your shit, you're saying you're all that thing, and it's like you got the Bears, the Saints, all these teams calling you. They're making you feel good, like I'm good. And then, like, damn, bro, you don't, damn, like it's third round. You yeah. say, don't give me, in, you know. So I think that you get a, a early side of the business in that whole when you're like a top, you know, a top guy like you, you get that that side mm-hmm. of the business. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, guys, just gotta understand, man. That organizations are gonna do what's best for the organization, and that's period. You know, they go love you, you know, even while you're playing, they go love you, you know, while you're playing good. But as soon as you start to diminish or slow down, they got to do what they got to do. And, right. you know, that, that's what we that's what we sign up for. Exactly. And so there's, you know, when it comes to loyalty and stuff, it's it's just a business, man. And they got to do what's best for the business. And, you know, you got to try your best to remove your feelings from that. Because obviously when you've, you know, I've been there for 10 years with the Seahawks, you know, some stuff may happen. You just 
you feel so connected and so embedded. But when business does happen, you've got to do your best to stay at your feelings. Exactly, bro. And I'm so happy you brought that up because I was actually just having this conversation with one of my coaches about LeBron. Um, yeah. You know, LeBron played for Cleveland in seven years, bro. He became a free agent. He wanted to go to Miami. He's a free agent. <laughs> he don't owe you shit. You know what I'm saying? Because because and the, the, the dude I was talking to was trying to say like, oh, that was soft. Why he, you know, this, that, like, well, I mean, you have a shitty ass owner, a shitty ass, nobody want to come to Cleveland and play. You're a free agent. Yeah. That means you, you, you fulfilled your contract obligation. You did your time there. Yeah. Bro. Now you're free. You shouldn't be victimized. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be a villain because doing what's best for you and your family, bro. I'm passionate about that because at the, yeah. these teams, bro, it's quick to cut your ass, trade your ass and, and, and like, oh, thanks for your service and peace. Think about that, bro. You got to do what's best. You got to do what's best for you, period. And it, let's say LeBron did stay there in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. They would have been like, oh, you can't win rings. You're not as great as you thought you were. And he would have been in a whole nother and a whole nother predicament. So it's yeah. hard to make everybody happy. You can't make everybody happy. You got to do what you got to do in this short window that we have. Man. Now Especially. with Le yeah. Now with LeBron, with that being said, he's a Cleveland guy. The way that he went about the whole press conference thing, all that, <laughs> yeah, he should have skipped that one. He should have went to Miami and just, just did the same. You know, but I think that, I mean, I think this is not brought up enough. That whole press conference, I want to say raised about, I want to say 50K or 100K to that Boys and Girls Club. He did it at. He did, oh, it, did it at it? the Boys and Girls Club. You feel me? So, mind you, yes, I know that okay. it wasn't okay. the right move, but... His heart was in the right place because all the okay. funds he gathered there went to the Boys and Girls Club. So I just want to okay, shout cool, out cool. Brother, you know? Cool, cool. I, I didn't so, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, you see, you didn't know that, KJ. You fully didn't even know that. You know what I'm saying? Because the media, KJ, you've been in the league for so long, bro. You know that the, you can have a 40-minute interview, but the media is gonna that one minute that you said something controversial, they're gonna take oh, yeah. that, they're gonna flip it, skip it, spin it, grill it, saute it. They're gonna make sure that they get all of that. In that one bar, you know, so let's go back to the Seahawks, man. Once drafted, you experienced early success, bro. I mean, starter, going to the playoffs, playing in championship games. What is it about Pete Carroll's system and his philosophy that made you grow so quickly in the NFL? Because, man, especially during those times, you don't see rookies and two-year vets just coming in and doing what you did. So what, what about Pete and that philosophy, that system, that culture in Seattle made you flourish? Yeah, I would say that when I got drafted, first things first was my coach was amazing. Coach Ken Norton Jr. Oh, man, he's took me under his wings and showed me how to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm forever grateful for him and um, my development in NFL. But then you go to Pete Carroll's system. Bro, when I said we ran about three plays, three, four plays a game, we were simple. We oh, ran yeah. cover three and man-to-man -man on yeah. like third down. And, bro, that was it. We didn't have to do all these checks versus motions and all this stuff. A lot of teams do a bunch of stuff versus motions. Man, I noticed that. We, we lined up and we played fast and we played together. And so, man, we've just – they did a good job in just bringing in gritty guys like Cam and, and Sherman, you know, bringing in Bobby, Mike B. Just oh, guys man. just gritty. And we just, bro, we all Cliff. was hungry. I thought Cliff, too, man. Yeah, man. Y'all was so nasty in the early, man, in the early 2010s, bro. Like, y'all changed the game. Let's, mm -hmm. let's just be real with it. Y'all changed and, the game. Yeah. 
Y'all and everybody's you know, just rush four and drop seven. And everybody's tried to model it, and it never quite got uh, duplicated. Exactly. Teams tried to do it; they, it never quite got done the way. I mean, the way that we did it. That left and became head coaches from Dan Quinn, um, no. um, Gus Bradley. They they tried to go to Jacksonville and Atlanta. They they had some probably success, but they can never duplicate that championship fire that y'all had. And I feel like that's mm. more so. I honestly don't think that's the system. I just think that's how they drafted, bro. Players like you. No. I think about it, bro. You're supposed to be a third round, possibly even second round pick, but they stole you in the fourth. Richard, mm-hmm. they stole Richard in the fourth. Bobby, yeah. I think second or third. You know, um, I think Earl was the only like you know first round guy yeah. kind of on yeah. that defense. Yeah, no, Sherman was in my class. Sherman was a fifth round pick. See, fifth, see, fifth. And, I, and I think I think Cam was a fifth round as well. And so Bobby was second, but yeah, Cliff, um, no, Mike B was undrafted. Think about yeah. it, Mike Bennett was undrafted. And so, man, it, it's crazy how they just put the, that team together and it we gel really well. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's time for another mix. Hey, yo, Dollars, drop that joint, bro. For the second mix, we know the tip is right. We got this out of stuff. We got that money back. Leisure Time Podcast. Yeah. Burn away our carbon bean, knock your lids off. Try to get away from me. Had a stand off. Knock your dreads off. My wood is called a body. I didn't name them random mouse. Thugging in my Reebok. Ride with a G shot. I heard he shot. Turkle make a big box. He made that shot. Turn water spot on the car. I don't mask. Turkle make a big box. In Miami with my motherfucking heat. But another nigga bitch. Since he got a feet. I walked in the party. I'm on my big bullshit. Ready to get it started. I got no sense. Go hit a plug. Ride around with fuck. Call me Kobe. 24. Can't fuck with her no more. That little bitch, she do the most. I get in groove on. Every time I see them folks. I got it down the door. Thinking that's something you need to know. I'm smooth and cold. She know my wrist on fold. Skin the jeans on. With a big bang roll. She paying my songs. I gotta take it off the thong. I'm trying to get it on. She feeling all over my Peter Bone. Two rights don't make her own. It just go on and on. I'm kicking shit like Jackie Chan till they got my kicks on. I aim, I hit my target. I'm up this bitch regardless. Burn away all carbon bean, knock your legs off. Try to get away from me. Had a standoff. Hit them in the spot. Knock your dreads off. My wood is called a body. I didn't name them random mouse. Duck, duck, duck in my Reebok. Ride with a G shot. I heard he shot. Turkle make a big box. He made that shot. Turn, water spot on the car. I don't mask, Jerk gon' make them beat box. Money bag, time today. Money bag, time today. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping they gums and bumping my tape. Don't go against me, they ask for my help. Go get out your feelings and get it yourself. Might got the same shoes, but you ain't gon' step. Nope. That shit that you just put out, you coulda kept. Yup, she got a nigga, he got a shirt. Why? You can't compete when you can't compare. Here. She ate the dick through my underwear. Uh. Got up and got herself out of there. I see they put me on memes and things. Don't speak on my life DJ without knowing the real. Eight figures a year, what it cost me to live. Don't hold it, just say what you feel, but watch your mouth before I fly at your bitch. Word. To a place that she didn't know exist. Metal terrain. 
Johnny and water my wrist. Bitch. Keeping on piss, how I'm talking my shit. Six figure check for a show, man, I'm lit. lit. Let's celebrate now, my bag legit. Go. These niggas with me, with whatever I'm with. Yeah. Didn't know who did it, got everybody hit. Bitch, Brr. I don't like niggas, I don't like bitches, I don't like nobody. Nobody, nobody. We can get gangster, we can keep it cordial. How you wanna go back? How you wanna do it? I don't backtrack, man, fuck that. I don't miss nobody. I don't miss nothing. Left it on scene, I ain't right back. I don't trust nobody. Period. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line today. These bitches are crying, be lying in your face. Fact. Slicker than us, gotta know how they play. If the money went straight, you wouldn't be here today. Ain't it, man? Show no what to say. You ain't me, so it's hard to relate. What? How much cash I fuck off every day? Big bag. Don't play with me, baby. Go play with your pussy. You see them in person, these niggas be shook. A hunter, it cost you a Quavo to book me. I'm worth it, the proof in the pudding. Surrounded by bitches. I'm looking like William, but they ain't my girlfriend. Nah. Bro, I'ma spin on your block back to back when they finish. It look like the world end. Nah. I ain't asked for it, they did it to me. What? Niggas exposing their hands for free. Get caught in the middle, that's bullseye. Get it too. You got hit, but we were targeting heat. Popping my shit with a capital P. Caps. SRT, red eye, red key. Mm. Might be ugly, but my bitch pressure. Bad. She ain't even sneeze, but still I bless her. I, true. I don't like niggas, I don't like bitches, I don't like nobody. Nobody, nobody. We can get gangster, we can keep it cordial. How you wanna go back? How you wanna do it? I don't backtrack, man. Fuck that. I don't miss DJ nobody. I don't miss Left it on scene, I ain't right back. I don't trust nobody. Period. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line today. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line today. I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Fuck it, I'm crossing the line. So now I want to fast forward into 2013, bro. It comes around, y'all find yourselves in the Super Bowl. And one of, you know, Tom Brady just had a good run, and Eli had some good runs, but y'all had some great freaking runs. You played against Drew Brees, y'all mm-hmm. played against Cap. Mm-hmm. And y'all played against the sheriff. You feel me? So <laughs> what made I call Peyton Manning the sheriff? Because I remember I watched uh, this old John Gruden had this old ESPN show. And he used to always say, "You're playing against the sheriff, Peyton Manning." So what you gonna do <laughs> playing against the sheriff? So how? What made that run so special in 2013, bro? What made that run so special? Man, you know, from a personal standpoint, the that run was not that special for me because. I broke my foot that year. I broke my foot, and I wasn't able to enjoy the playoffs. I wasn't able to enjoy um, the end of the season and beating the the Niners and the the Saints. So the only thing that I enjoyed was the Super Bowl and in beating the Sheriff. I started that game. <laughs> I can't. I can't lie. I was. I was on some pain meds, and man, you like, had seven, eight tackles. I remember that hit. It was on Welker. I want to say right. Welker, yeah, Walker. yeah. I was like, I, I, I cannot miss this game. So, man, I was in overtime with rehab and 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 all that stuff. And so I was able to come, and that was the best best football day of, of my life, right there. Man, I can only imagine, bro. 43 to eight. Forty three to eight. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I wasn't expecting that shit. I, I thought at least it was yep. gonna be like, you know, 20, you know, 21, 17. I thought y'all was gonna win. I knew y'all was gonna win, but yep. it like, yep. it's the sheriff, bro. The sheriff just don't put up eight points. I'm watching them on film, bro. I I knew it was gonna get ugly. I knew it was gonna get ugly because I was looking, I was like, they was gonna get some really bad defenses, bro. The defenses yeah. weren't that good they were going against. So I said, man, we definitely gonna win, but we gonna win in a pretty easy fashion exactly so i want to take it to that early that like the rivalry i want to say from 2010 to 2015 the rivalry even though it's still kind of a big rivalry with san fran but film years in particular 
I felt like what made the rivalry so special back then was the matchups, right? <laughs> yeah. You look at linebackers, you got Patrick Willis Bowman, and then you look on y'all side, you got Bobby and KJ, right? You got mm-hmm. Russ at quarterback for y'all, Cap at quarterback for them. Frank Gore in the backfield for them, Marshawn Lynch in the backfield for y'all. So it was like the yeah. matchup and O-line, D-line, very comparable. So what made that rivalry so special and so great from that 2010, 2011 to 2015 stretch? Man, it was, like you said, man, it was just two really similar teams. Like, we were pretty identical. Two Hall of Fame running backs, linebackers, just two dynamic dudes. The D-line is just nasty. And, bro, like, every offseason, I go back and watch those games. I go back and watch those games and just, man, just relive the good old days, man. Real, and it was just man. super fun, man. Always coming down to the last drive, it seemed oh, like. And it was um, so great, bro. Yeah, when, and when when you know when Patrick retired, and then when Cap, you know when Cap left, it just you know it wasn't the same after that. So yeah, man, yeah. It, it kind of I think that y'all beat each other up too much, bro. Let's let's be real, yeah. y'all really like those were some <laughs> of the most physical guys. Because I honestly, <clears throat> two weeks ago, I caught myself watching. The NFC Championship game when they came to your house. Yeah, before y'all went to the Super Bowl, when they came to your yeah. house. I'm going to say y'all could have came to your house. And the physicality of that game, dude. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, dudes mm-hmm. literally was throwing their bodies around, bro. Nothing mm-hmm. came easy on both side offenses. And it was just that old school classic. Honestly, y'all should have been in the AFC North or something, how y'all was playing. Like, that, yeah. it reminded me of them, yeah. them old Steelers, Ravens. Mm-hmm. Mm, like them kind mm-hmm. of matchups, you feel me? So I just yeah. really appreciate. And that linebacker play was so good. Like literally, if you was a defensive guy, a linebacker kind of guy, you literally don't leave the field. You don't leave the TV. No. You watch no, no. Patrick and and Bowman, and then you watch you and Bobby, and it was just like it was it was music. It was it was harmony. It was art, bro. So mm-hmm. man, those rivalries was great. It's, I, I miss it, man. And, and you know, it hasn't been the same since. You know, people try to say it's a rivalry now with San Fran. It, it's not even close. Not 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 in my opinion. Just, just the mentality that that the two teams bought. It's just it hasn't been the same since twenty fourteen. I think the teams because what made it so great, bro, is because one y'all didn't like each other. Let's just just put yeah. it out there. Y'all y'all made y'all respected each other. Y'all respected mm-hmm. each other. But I think both teams knew that we gotta go. Niners knew we gotta go through Seattle to get to where we want to be. Y'all knew yeah. we had to go through San Fran to get where we want to be because before y'all won the Super Bowl that year, San Fran was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it's always it was like kind of like that, dude. We gotta beat these motherfuckers to get to the Super Bowl. So I think that y'all kind of hated each other, and it and it yeah. made the game and the rivalry so beautiful. I swear to God, it did, bro. It was amazing. And and then and then you add the Richard Sherman and uh yeah, John Mike Harbaugh. Um, you know, yeah. you know, he ain't like he ain't like his old coach. You added that element yeah. to it, and, and then Michael Cranberry sauce. Yeah. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, Crabtree, Crabtree. <laughs> And so, man, it's just all these different stories within the game just just man. made it that much sweeter. It's dope. So that was a high in 2013. Y'all was on the ultimate high. 2014, y'all get back to that point. Y'all get back to the Super Bowl. I'm going to take it right to the last, that's the last fucking play of the game. Y'all at, yep. the, y'all at the one-yard line, second and goal. I'm not going to say no names or nothing like that, but what was you thinking before the play happened, before that turnover happened? And what was your thoughts after the after that turnover occurred? Like, just take me through your whole probably – that was probably like two minutes of your time right there. Take me through that, bro. 
um, when Jermaine Curse made that catch, mm-hmm. once Jermaine made that catch, I was like, oh, we got to score. Mm-hmm. We got we got to score. And um, I remember before the play happened, I screamed out, why are we in shotgun? <laughs> we, was in, we were in shotgun on like the, you know, the two yard line. Mm-hmm. I was confused and why I was in shotgun. And then the play happened and the play happened so fast and it was so unreal how he made that play. I was just stunned that he could even get that pick, really run through another man and catch the ball. So first of all, it was, first of all, it was a horrible play call. Second of all, for him to make that play, unreal. You gotta take your hat so, off. Un, I, that's probably that's the only time a play like that has probably been made in an NFL game. Somebody doing something Facts. to that caliber, Facts. to that caliber, and so the greatest, the greatest defensive play ever in the Super Bowl, ever, ever, ever and so ever. like the whole um, yeah, that that play was you know it was self inflicted. It was definitely self self inflicted and a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Man, so. Let's just, you know, I want to analyze that that whole kind of sequence a little bit more, bro. Uh, you know, it happened. I had my money on y'all. Lost some money that day. I know, you know, you, you can't get into no sports betting and stuff like that. I ain't trying to get you fined. So I ain't gonna talk mm-hmm. about that. But, <laughs> but I read an article from Cam not too long ago, and he said that literally Tom Cable. I want to say he was your own line coach that year. Mm-hmm. And before the play happened, he said that Tom Cable took off his headset and threw it on the ground. Um, correct me. You can just give me a yes or no on this, but I feel that that play right there fucked up a dynasty. What do you think? Oh, no. Oh, 100%. 100%. We, um, we were hurt. We were hurt. We were confused for so many years and upset at each other, upset at decision-making. And so we would have – that would have been two right there. Would have had the same team coming back. That would have been three. Yeah. So man, it was um. I I, just, I, th- I think to me, KJ, I think that even if y'all run it with Marshawn four times in a row and say the Patriots stop y'all and they win in that fashion, I think y'all right back the next year. Y'all right, right back. back. Y'all right back. And, and, yep. Go ahead. And we could we could we could have slept at night. We could have lived with that. Mm-hmm. And um, shit's crazy, bro. Shit's man, crazy. It's how crazy it all went down. You know, it's crazy too, KJ. Like you always say, like y'all always be saying that it's hard to get to a Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. like, I think that it kind of, I mean, mind you, you and Bobby didn't have Pro Bowl seasons after that. And Sherman, Pro, All Pro, like, you know, y'all still was ballers. And they didn't stop y'all yeah. from balling. But yeah. like you said, the culture, the culture took an impact. The culture took an impact, the Seattle culture. And it, you know, um, from the outside looking in, it seems like it hasn't quite recovered yet. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I would say I would say I would say that cloud hung over us for about four years after Before, that. Exactly, so that some of the guys started leaving. So some of the essentially retiring and leaving. So essentially, so it lasted about four years after that, and I think it's gone. It's, you know, I think it's gone now. Yeah, but man, there for a while it was just it was sad. So I know you played ten seasons, bro, in the NFL, but I want to take it to two particular seasons where I felt that you played at your most elite level. In 2016, you played all 16 games. You had 126 total tackles at the time, a career high, and four sacks, which was a career high. And then also after your 2018 injury, man, you – oh, my God. That man mm-hmm. balled the fuck out. 132 tackles and three picks. 
What made those seasons so special for you? And what was your mindset in the offseason leading up to those seasons? Let me just take you to the 2019 season. Um, Had my knee injury. To be honest, bro, I I was nervous about my career because my knee was hurting so bad. And it was it was a rough 2018 campaign. So I knew that I had to redeem myself and get back to the KJ that I know I could be. And my whole mentality that offseason was proving everybody wrong, that that counted me out, everybody that doubted me. I remember the training sessions that year, bro, because I was training with you a little yeah. bit in that spring. I could just remember your mindset. You was you was locked in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, that's that's kind of been my always been my mentality. It's proving people wrong, proving myself right, and just man, any any negativity you put on my name, I'm gonna do my damnness to to make you eat those words. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And so, man, that's that's just always been my mindset. I, I came out and I and I just went off and set a career high at year nine. That's what I'm, that's what that's what makes it so. Honestly, you inspired me, bro. Like, that season mm-hmm. inspired me because in 2019, I tore my ACL, MCL, whatever. I couldn't play 2020 due to COVID. The, the CFL season got canceled. But I just looked back at how you overcame that adversity. Um, it was it was damn. It was, it, was, it was crazy, bro, how you did it, bro. Like, and mm-hmm. what stood out to me the most was how you – like, I feel like your mindset in the game, like, was so calm. Like, you were such at peace. Like, I don't I don't know how to really put it. Like, it's, it's a certain level I feel that certain football players get to where it's like, you've seen everything, you know what's coming, and now, and now you're not playing the game, you're thinking the game. Like, okay, it's third and long, all right. You know, mm-hmm. they got the tight end flexed, okay, I'm in cover three, boom. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit in this curl a little, you know, I'm going to sit right here on this hash just – you know, just for a split second or two. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do little different things now to probably, you know, confuse the quarterback. I might line up apex and then before the ball snap, go in the box. Or I might be mm-hmm. in the box and then before the ball snap, get onto the line of scrimmage. And then from the line of scrimmage, drop 12 yards. Like, you feel me? Like, mm-hmm. is that safe to say that you kind of start, you thought the game at a whole different level in that 20, 2019 season? Yeah, because um, when you when you get older – like this mm-hmm. gotta this gotta be on point, you know, more than ever. And so, man, my film study, my savviness, just my play recognition, that's how I look so fast, is because mm-hmm. I see things so fast. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's how you play fast when you know what's coming before it happens, anticipation, or do you a step ahead of a guy before he even makes his move? That's your ass fast history. too though. Hold on, I gotta start. Your ass fast too, goddamn. Look at our competition Thursday. Don't don't play now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I work really hard. I work really hard to keep. But but yeah, man, you gotta be a, a, a step ahead of your opponent, and that's when you start making those plays. Man, bro, and it's just like one play that stood out to me the most is like that damn one-handed pick with the Vikings, bro. Like you can mm-hmm. tell, like, like. All your all your film study, that's one. All the shit that you've been through, all you know, the adversity you faced, and and to that point, to that play, it was just like, damn, like he's really like a goat. Like he really has like in, in anime terms, if you know Goku at all, you turn super saiyan. You're a super saiyan. You're a super linebacker, <laughs> yeah. super saiyan linebacker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like how you can just influence the game. You and Bobby and your counterpart Bobby, how y'all can just influence the game now. 
in ways that probably when y'all was younger, y'all was just full of testosterone, full of just athleticism. Y'all just going. Y'all just going. Now it's just like, okay, you know, it's starting, it's starting 10. You know, yeah. I'm thinking past. If they do that draw, I know where my help oh, is. Yeah. So I'm gonna take my shot right here. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and now you're like, because sometimes people could like, for instance, as a player, you can watch your film, you can study, and sometimes when you get to the game, it's kind of like, oh shit. You still get the oh shit kind of reactions. And now it's mm-hmm. just like Y'all don't play with those oh shit reactions unless it's like some kind of weird ass flea, reverse flea flicker, yeah. some bullshit like that, but which is not going to be that successful on y'all. So, man, we're going down. We finally counted down to some of the final final questions I got here, bro. So, you've been a pro bowler, bro. You won championships. You established yourself as one of the best linebackers the past 10, 11 years in the NFL. So, what is your motivation and your driving force to continue to play this game at the passion you do? You know, because come on, bro, let's be honest. You're 10, you you played in a big game, you, you made the money, you 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 got a family, you you did it all. You did it all. <laughs> football. What motivates you to keep going, bro? Bro, with, with all that stuff that you just said, mm-hmm. it still ain't good enough. The the I'm 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 if I were not to play another down, I would be content. With that being said, I still got so much more to give. Like with the, with with the resume that I put together, I wasn't a Pro Bowl this past season. I wasn't mm-hmm. on the All Pro team. Mm-hmm. Um, because because let's know. be honest, that's kind of hype awards, bro. You've been snubbed a couple times. Hey, yeah, but I I need that and I need that and I won't stop until until I get it. Yeah. And so and so, man, that's what's keeping me going. Is you know, I feel like people still haven't felt me yet. As much as I've done, I'm still not being felt. And so, man, I'm still going. I'm still trying to eat. I ain't got a thousand tackles yet. I still haven't got a thousand only tackles 60, yet. You're only sixty uh, tackles away. So I got to get one K before it's all said and done. And uh, I ain't got a touchdown yet. So I still got to score a touchdown. So, man, so much more I ain't done yet, man. So my mind, I got new goals to get. Yeah, amen to that. And honestly, that's that's what makes the great ones great because y'all never have a bar. Like you know, so yeah. many people in life just you know average you know working people um you know they always set a bar like, i'm going to work till i'm um, you know 45 you know have my 401k it's always like a kind of a bar or goal to meet but it seems to like to those great players guys that play 10 plus year in the nfl it's kind of like y'all never have a bar like it's never like it's always yeah. just like a, 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 a what's next like you know you reach yeah. that okay what's next what's next what's next yeah. you know and like and, and don't get me don't get me wrong man i'm, I'm so thankful and happy for what i put together and man. i'm thankful with that being said, I, I want to keep going, and I want to, I want to get more. All right, so I got some quick hitters, man. A couple quick hitters, man. So I'm gonna name four linebacker duos, and you're gonna rank them one through four. All right. So <laughs> KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Bullis, Navarro Bowman, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Levante David, uh, Devin White. Rank these linebacker cores from one to four. I think I don't know who you're going to pick for number one. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm going to say number one is Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Explain. Please explain. Please explain. Bro, Please. N- them dudes was unreal. Them, them the guys I looked up to. I yeah. watched those guys every offseason. Them the guys I looked up to, man. Yeah. They, was, they was everything to me. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, Patrick Wilson said Ole Miss, so I was like, that's yeah. all I watched. So, they number one. Number two is KJ and Bobby. Yep. The way that we've done it together for Bobby, Bobby being year 10, 10 plus years. Yep. We got championships on our resumes. 
all you know, Bobby's all pros. I was pro bowlers, just mm-hmm. Super Bowl champs, all that stuff. So yep. we've done it for a long time together mm-hmm. at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Number three is Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley. Obviously, yeah. Yep. I just think I think that Luke Keekley was somebody of this generation that was one of the best. Jesse's football instincts is something that I studied and want to be like in Thomas Davis, man, with his, with his age, man, the dude was, man, out there like 30, I mean, right there, like 33, just running a four, five, just still yeah. killing, played, played in the Super Bowl with a, with a torn form, just, just a dog, man. And, um, you got the young, the young boys next who are definitely, you know, good too. Devin White, I think will be defensive player of the year in this, in this near future. So, and Levante mm-hmm. Dave, consistent, about to get paid, Super Bowl champ. So, exactly. Yeah. All right, last quick hitter, last quick hitter right here. Top five NBA players of all time. Your top five NBA players of all time, one through five. No particular order. No, oh, one through five. You gotta, you gotta state your goal, man. Who's your goal? Who's number one to you? Michael Jordan. All right. Why is that? <laughs> That's just he just is. Yeah, no, right. no, expla- no explanation needed. <laughs> six and zero in the finals. Six in finals yeah. MVPs. It's hard to argue that. Number two, the man got the best, the best shoe brand in the world. Number two is LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. Number two is LeBron. Just the, I think he's the best all around basketball player. Mm-hmm. He's the best all around. There's nothing he cannot do. Mm-hmm. And um, number three, I probably got Kareem. Number three. Mm-hmm. Just unstoppable man, mm-hmm. yeah. Lead lead scorer. Number four is Kobe. Just the impact that Kobe made on my personal life and his his mentality. Five time champ. Just play through injuries, clutch. And number five, I'm probably gotta go with Shaq. Right. Just, just dominant. Just get dominant. out of my way. Just dominant. <laughs> Dope, man. Do you have it, so, folks? The KJ interview, bro. Appreciate you being on the show, being bro, yeah, man. Bro, man. Drop some knowledge, and I appreciate you, bro. That was fun, man. Thank you for having me, man. And hey, keep doing your thing, man. Everybody watching you, man. Keep it going, bro. Yes, sir. You know it, bro. Yeah. Appreciate you, KJ. I'm a holler, bro. All right, man. All right. There you have it, folks. Episode twenty of the Leisure Time Podcast. That boy KJ was dropping pure gems, so I hope y'all enjoyed it for real, for real. Like I said, you can catch the on-camera interview at our YouTube page, The Leisure Time Podcast LLC. Just search that on the YouTube, and it'll pop up. Also, for easy podcast access and exclusive merch, go to theleisuretimepodcast.com. We're going to leave y'all with the song of the day by my dog Nip Hustle, the GOAT. You already know the deal with Call from the Bank. Peace. Like
lot of niggas running sprints, but they never win the race. You don't see me at the shop. I'm probably out of state in my fly hotel working on my mixtape. Standing on the couches later on that day. Champagne models pouring bottles on their face. The essence for success, and that's why I love the hate. They mad cause I can't, and I'm happy cause they can't. Shout out to my enemies, shout out to the facts, we the one that they pretend to be. Rappers with their gangbang identity, but imitation is the highest form of humility. Then my phone rang, it was Killer B, that's a bad bitch, plus she get her cheese. Know I'm feeling her, I know she feeling me, but we don't even fuck, we do some different things. Take her to the turf, she trying to take me to her church, just being self, that's the only way to make it work. Sweet Sadie, drop top Mercedes, blowing that Obama with some old school playing. PCA switching lane, feel amazing, life is everything. That I said I would make it Love my nigga so bread I'm gon' break it 20 racks, 50 racks, 100 racks, run it back If that ain't fly, crippin', what the fuck is that? Type of life I'm living, you know nothing about Gotta fly first class if you wanna talk Louis on a duffel bag, pick an airport We could be there tonight, baby, there for You know, I got to say The motherfucker marathon continues